0: Hi, I'm Thansley and this is the weekly wrap on this day, the thirtieth of September, two thousand and sixteen. Australian dollars, gold is sitting at seventeen thirty-one, and silver at twenty-five dollars and six cents, with the Aussie dollar at seventy-six point three. So this week saw both gold and silver down on last week, and the Aussie dollar only slightly weaker. It was a week of economic warnings from various authorities and data prints, and our first experience of Trump and Clinton in the same room. The economic data out of the US was mixed, the services PMI actually improved in September albeit to a still weak 51.9, its highest since April, but the lead indicator of new business was poor and weighed down on employment growth in September, its slowest since March 2013, and the second consecutive month of declining new jobs. Market stated that when considered together with the manufacturing data, it suggests annualised GDP growth of only 1% again in the third quarter, and indicates an NFP September print of only 120,000 new jobs, not what the Fed wants to hear before their aims for a December rate hike. Surprise, surprise. U.S. home prices missed expectations, with a 5% year-on-year rise in July, the lowest in over a year. Unadjusted new home sales saw a total of 50,000 new homes sold in August, down 12.3% on July and representing the biggest August drop in history. Last night we saw pending home sales drop 2.4% to a 7-month low. Yesterday we had the all-important durable goods orders print, and whilst the headline printed a fat zero, which was better than a minus 1.5% expected, that was courtesy of a 23.6% surge in deficit-funded defence spending. And indeed core durable goods orders saw the 20th straight month of declines, something never experienced outside of a recession in US history. The IMF added yet another warning for those willing to listen. This time they are warning of what they called a disorderly deleveraging of China's economy, which they say could trigger global contagion. They said a hard economic landing in China represents a potential global shock, as they warned Chinese authorities to reduce high levels of debt and to bring real estate prices under control. To reinforce their concerns, yesterday China's richest man said mainland China real estate is the biggest bubble in history. The real estate bubble got a lot of airplay this week including its reach into Australia with the Sydney market named the fourth riskiest in the world by UBS. Topically they blamed the flood of Chinese money into the market but also what they called excessively low interest rates. Speaking of things that uh, could go pop, Deutsche Bank was back in the headlines this week. We wrote about it, so won't go over it. But after our article, all the usual talking heads came out to reassure the public that it was under control and we weren't seeing another 2008 Lehman moment. Shakespeare may have observed, "Thou'st protesteth too much." The reassurances worked, however, with the magic $10 share price. Not marked, not breached, albeit a 24-year low, but it's shaky-looking prospect with the derivatives that truly dwarf not just Lehman's, but the entire European Union. Last night it sold off again and came within 5 cents of $10 on news hedge funds who withdrawing cash en masse. This brought the whole market down again last night, and whilst all eyes are on Deutsche Bank, Germany's second biggest bank, Commerce Bank, just announced it's scrapping any dividend and sacking 20% of its workforce. Just remember, part of the pain for the euro banks is all the negative interest rates, the result of monetary stimulus to fuel inflation. Well, last night we saw German CPI print just 0.1%, barely up from last month's zero. So it's clearly working a treat. Another warning, and as we wrote yesterday, the World Trade Organization was ringing the bell loud and clear as we saw global trade, one of the purest measures of economic health, plunge. The collapse of Hanjin Shipping should have been the warning sign, but the news still surprised many. We also saw a record high correlation between normally uncorrelated shares and bond prices get the headlines during the week. Put down to central bank lunacy, it reflects what we have seen in 2006 with the other safe haven, gold, which with its correlation with shares this year. One could easily draw the conclusion that investors are having a bet on this non-fundamentals-based share market but having their insurance in place. The difference between gold and bonds is one has intrinsic value and one is a paper-promised debt instrument in a world awash with debt. Finally tonight is the night at 4pm US time that Jim Rickards has made the call that the financial world as we know it begins to unwind. At that time, the composition of the SDR, the IMS basket of currencies, changes to include the Chinese Yuan and everyone at the table having the minimum required gold holding. Will this mark the demise of the US dollar? Will the Chinese announce a massive gold hoard and will they demand an of the US gold holdings? These are the predictions of Rickards and as wild as they are, you have to admit the man has credentials. He speculates today could be the last day gold and silver are a cheap buy. Just to add to the setting. 1 October is historically the date China has announced its gold holdings. We'll catch you next week and remember, balance your wealth in an unbalanced world.